All right, so we are here back on the Break Room Podcast at the End Zone 7-on-7 seven seven Tournament. Day one, the day right before Championship Day. And I'm here with Colin Kennedy. As you can see on his hoodie, man, it definitely says 247 Sports. Man, Colin, can you tell us a little bit about what you do at 247? Yeah, man. Hey, first off, thanks for having me. You know, I appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody out here at End Zone 7-on-7, seven seven. Clay Mack, Coach Gordon. Absolutely. These guys have been in my corner for a really long time, and I make it a point to come out here. You know, I drove down 15 hours to make it to this tournament and see you guys, so I must, I must <laughs> like y'all. I must like y'all. But, yeah, I, I work for 24-7 Sports and started off as kind of a recruiting analyst and then from there working my way up, covered OU football, covered some of the South Central region, did a lot of recruiting coverage in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, and then now – working as the national assignment editor for 24-7 sports and essentially a assignment guy for CBS Sports. And so it's been a long journey, but it's because of people that are here at this tournament. And so that's why I'm excited to be here, man. I appreciate it, man. As long as you've been covering sports, you know, and I'm pretty sure you've bounced around a lot. You know, yeah. I'm going to ask a question just for our viewers and listeners. You know, what's the most talent in the, in the states you've been in? Mm. Which one has the most talent? It's, Te- it's Texas. It's Texas. It, well, here's the, here's the thing. Relative Florida – Texas and Georgia, dominant football players, year in and year out. California, great stuff, but a lot of those Cali guys are moving out here. Okay. You know it, what I mean? I'm glad you said it. Any position specific, the specifics that you see, like, we just has better linemen, better receivers, DBs. Well, I mean, look, you, you say objectively, like, the good offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you find those guys in the Midwest, right? Okay. Farmer strong. That's why Wisconsin, Nebraska gets yeah. all these dudes that are huge, eating corn all their life. Yeah. But down here in Texas, I mean, I'll say this. Obviously, in South Florida, that's where you find the freaky natural athletes, the mm-hmm. fast dudes. They're going to lay down a 4-3. might be actually 4-4. You know, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But <laughs> Laser they're gonna lay, tumbling. Yes. You know how those, those Twitter bios go. But at the same time, those are where all those fast dudes are. We've got a team here at End Zone 7 on 7 South Florida Express. You know, they, they always produce just really talented athletes. But here in Texas, I think where, where things have really kind of upticked, I really like how in the South Central you find really good defensive linemen, mm. right? You find really good offensive linemen. You find some guys, quarterbacks. We, there's, this was an elite quarterback class last year across the country. Jackson Arnold, one of the elites at Denton Geyer. I, I think Texas is where you find a lot of players, and this is where you kind of open the board real quick. Texas is probably the state where it's most known that you are more of an, a matured, advanced football player. Really? You know what I mean? Because think about it. Here in Texas, we always say Texas high school football is king. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that that's proof in the pudding when you see these facilities that are devoted to these kids, the coaching that goes into it. I mean, administrators are willing to pay top, top dollar for elite coaches in Texas. And Absolutely. That, that, that then feeds into how these kids play the game. And I think defensive line, any, any position – I think what's great about the state of Texas specifically is that more often than not, if you're recruiting a kid in Texas, he understands the game maybe a little bit more than some of his peers, and that's going to show on the field. Okay, and it's funny that you brought up the, you know, the dedication to us, Texas high school football and things like that. The immediate yeah. school that immediately came to mind was Allen. And yeah. I thought about that facility, and they borderline made a movie, a whole production of it on YouTube. And it's yeah, that's better than some college, some colleges that I've seen. And then everyone Definitely followed suit. Definitely a lot of suit. JUCOs, you know. Yeah, like, and then everyone followed suit. You saw what McKinney did up there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there, there are some massive stadiums down here in Houston. I know the, the schools at the Cy Ranch, some of those, those Cypress schools play. Some beautiful stadiums, right? Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, where, where then it really kind of expands is these indoor facilities that are people putting in. I mean, there are some indoor facilities. You drive around Houston, you're like – 
what school helped pay for this? Yeah, what, you know, this is something you'd see at a Power 5 program. Absolutely. And I know for me, like when I was at Marcus, we, we put in an indoor facility – and at the time, it was like 30 yards, and we had a full-length weight room. And we, we thought but it was we were, the world. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> like we thought we were those guys. Yeah. And now it's like if you don't have a 100-yard indoor, it's a, it's how a, are you supposed yeah. to keep up in Texas? And that's, that's the beauty of this place, man. And I miss being down here, but it's also cool to come back and see all these coaches and players and guys that I know continue to benefit from that type of development field facilities and all that. Thanks for that. And I know, you know, you telling me earlier that you've uh, spent some time covering some at OU or, or yeah. some colleges and things like that, and also obviously high school. But with those things, as they've changed with NIL deals yeah. and um, the portal nowadays that's running rampant throughout college football, what is your really view on that versus, you know, schools bringing in incoming freshmen versus the portal around uh, getting, you know, what has that done to JUCOs as well? Yeah. Uh, it's a loaded question. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say this. I think what – starting with the transfer portal, because I think that's where it really all begins. NIL, those transfer guys, they benefit from that because they're proven football players. Yeah. Right, this, that, and the other. JUCO, you end up typically transferring somewhere else, and then that's where you end up going up the ladder these days. But to me, the, the, the portal is where it all begins and where I think it really boils down – to me, the transfer portal has applied common sense in college football. Yes. And here's what I mean by that. In the past, I think that this expectation for some players has gotten in their heads a little bit that, like, oh, I deserve to be at, at Alabama. I deserve to be at Georgia because I'm who I am and this and the other. And that's great to believe in yourself. But the thing is, is years ago, let's say five, ten years back, right, you would see some guys, essentially, colleges would take a flyer on them. What does that mean? People thought – okay, the kid announces he's going to Georgia or whatever. And I'm just saying, for instance, I'm not saying this is about those specific schools. But let's say a kid goes to a high-level power five, right? And it's like everyone in his family is psyched. Oh, this kid, he's been grinding all of his life. Oh, I can't believe he made it to that type of school. That's great, man. But what happens in three or four years when yeah. you're on the bottom of the depth chart and you, you, you get to wear all the gear, you get to go everywhere, but you're not playing? The transfer portal, in my opinion – has actually allowed colleges to correctly fill out their roster and in turn applied proper expectations to players at the high school level so that they must actually realistically evaluate their options. So, for example, let's say there's a kid down here in Texas, right? Let's just say he's a six foot two corner, really good size. Mm -hmm. Let's say he's about 180 pounds, a little bit on the thinner side, but building up. A high-level school is probably going to contact a kid like that, right, and, and kick the tire down the road. But eventually, if they get their guys at our top of their board, I mean, he's not going to that school. Yeah. But he has it now in his mind, oh, well, I deserve to go to X Power 5 school because they've been talking to me the whole time. No, you don't. They've only been kicking you around because they want to do what's best for themselves. Absolutely. And I, and I defend that because at the end of the day, these college coaches, they have to put food on the table too. Mm -hmm. But what now kids must understand, and it's why so many people in 7-on-7 seven seven are preaching this to these kids, you must actually give certain schools a chance. Because if you actually look at some of these places that are offering you and giving you an opportunity to go get on the field, that's going to do you better in the long run. A million times over compared to going to a bigger school but then sitting behind other players. And so my biggest thing is I tell kids all the time that it's great to be mad at the transfer portal. That's fine. But at some point, you got to understand this all kind of boils down to how employment works. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you work hard and you believe in yourself. A company would be stupid not to hire someone with more experience and more of a proven product 
over the course of their career. Absolutely. So, I hope that as this transfer portal thing unfolds, high school recruits actually give group of five schools mm. or FCS schools a fair shot. Because in years past, again, it just felt like it was D1 or bust. That's funny because I didn't – at first, I'm glad you brought that point up because I never really thought about it as yeah. it, you know, bringing some equity, equality across the board for high school students and the way they're thinking about uh, recruitment. As far as me, I thought I, originally I just thought, I'm like, well, okay, you know what, for those guys who are low on the depth chart or it gives them a second chance, they're not signing their life away right. to one school. They just have to be committed to it. Like, you know, because coaches get fired, coaches yep. leave, all those things happen. But I'm glad you brought up that point about the high school students being realistic with themselves Correct. and seeing that, hey, okay, so I may have got one offer from this school, but I got five offers from FCS. You right. know what I mean? So where am I? where does my value really lie? trickle-down effect absolutely you know what I mean it, it and everyone talks about exactly what you're bringing up and you make a great point it, it's it's cool for these guys to go bounce around get freed up on depth charts but it also gives you an opportunity to go down get experience and move up and that's mm -hmm. the natural progression in life you know what I mean mm -hmm. you start somewhere and climb up but if you have the knowledge and wherewithal to understand I should probably go here mm -hmm. you're gonna end up climbing that ladder anyway so give these schools that are willing to help you right now a fair shot and it all will pan out in the rent in the end later down the line yeah and now with the ascension of the XFL now and you know, I hear the NFL so basically a junior league for the X for the NFL yeah you know it's almost I want to say uh, impossible to go to the next level. But, you know, it's just more like it's not that 1%. Now it's like, okay, maybe you have a 3% chance of playing, right. you know, after uh, after college So and getting paid. Let me say that. So, exactly. Granted, whatever the price might be. So, um, And I know we, you spoke about OU earlier. This is a little fun question. Okay. Um, I know Evan's going to love it. And so with the Super Bowl that we just had, a little pro question. Yeah. And, you know, Alabama has had the history of not <laughs> producing great QBs that – well, that transfers to going. the NFL. Yeah, I know where this is going. You know, and we speak about Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts has now broken into my top five mm. uh, after that Super Bowl per performance. And I'll Good be honest, I, he, absolutely. He got yeah. better every year. And so, with that, with, with that, we know Jalen Hurts got benched in the national championship game at halftime for Tua, mm -hmm. and he went to Alabama. But he did not finish from there. He finished from OU. Which you all, which you all definitely know. Mm -hmm. So as far as products go, mm -hmm. should we claim? And we think when I think about OU, I think about Lincoln Riley more specifically and all his QBs and how troubled yeah. they are. Right. You know. And so, what do we consider Jalen Hurts more of a Bama-made guy or an OU product? Was Jalen Hurts a professional prospect when he was at Alabama? He was not. Okay. That's all I have to say. Mm -hmm. Like what? When Jalen Hurts was at Alabama, if I would have looked you in the eyes and said that guy's going to get drafted in like the second round, would you have believed me at all when he was at Alabama? I don't think that you would have. I really do not think that you would have. But he goes to Oklahoma and develops further as a professional prospect, and he gets drafted from Oklahoma because of what he was able to develop into at Oklahoma. So it wasn't necessarily he already had it. He grew into what into what it was, right. into what he eventually became. And look, if, if we're you know we can have this argument all day, Oklahoma, Alabama. I personally don't necessarily care because to me he's just another product of Lincoln Riley's system. But the system term is very broad, mm -hmm. and I think when he was at Oklahoma, he was allowed to do what he does best, but then was pushed to excel further in other areas. Mm -hmm. And that's why when Philadelphia watched the film of him at Oklahoma, they said, look. We might be reaching for this guy, but he has taken so many steps in his game. 
what we could then turn him into, we might regret it if we don't at least take a chance. And I don't think people would be even having that train of thought if he were had still been at Alabama. I can go and also, you know, I think about when he did get drafted. I know what I was thinking, a lot of people others think because I know I couldn't have been alone, but we were thinking, oh, Carson Wentz is still there. He's coming off an injury. He'll be back. This won't – he wouldn't – he was going to be nowhere near the Carson Wentz that he is now, which is fighting for a job. Right. or And now you have Jalen Hurts who was taking over. And like I said, man, he's into a lot of people's top five. He's listening – outperformed Patrick Mahomes in the uh, Super Bowl, which is hardly anybody can say. No. So, uh, yeah, it's just insane to see uh, his ascension and his growth. Another point I, uh, point I wanted to ask you yeah. was more so about – you and this 707 tournament, other ones that you've seen across the country. Yeah. And so I know this is the biggest one in Texas. We have over, I'm pretty sure it's 100 teams, maybe a little over, 100 teams. Yeah, it's like 110, 120. Something it's like, like that. Huge. It's a huge number. Yeah. And also, the end zone 707 tournament, I have personally, until last we did it last year, yeah. have never seen a 707 tournament run on time. You know what I mean? It's always things run over, hours over. And so now <laughs> yeah. you have to, everything is so efficient. Yeah. All the refs and securities, all the staff has been uh, doing the job to perfection. And, you know, with you traveling across and seeing different schools, different players, uh, different positions, et cetera, et cetera, and this tournament versus other – well, not just versus other t tournaments, but as far as, like, the, the, uh, the yeah. teams that they've drawn in from other uh, states. Right. I I'll say this about Endzone. It is one of the most professionally run organizations and events of the entire calendar year. And I think the thing that, for me – elevates it number one is safety and discipline so when i came here a couple of years ago i think a lot of people will remember there were events going on across the country in the world of seven on seven that didn't necessarily reflect the sport positively it was at every tournament that you go to something bad would happen and everyone at that time because the sport was still relatively early on in its development everyone college coaches were always so we just don't believe in that stuff you're going there to to, to do this and that when I ran into Gordon and Clay Mack, their biggest thing to me was we're going to have the utmost security present. We're going to make sure that discipline is involved. We're going to require helmets. And from there, the product on the field take care of itself. Absolutely, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the other part of this, too, is because of that professional approach to 7-on-7, seven seven, you see it pan out in the types of teams that go out of their way to come here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, got, we have elite squads from all over the country at this tournament. And it's why I come down here is because these guys that run these specific organizations understand when you're dealing with these two individuals and Gordon and Clay Mack and Verone Sr. And, and all these guys who run end zone, you're going to get an event that's going to take care of you professionally and then you can take care of the rest in terms of the actual play stuff. So I, I think why I love end zone again is it's a comfortable event to come to. No one is feeling stressed. Like you mentioned, everyone kind of feels on time. We're in our own element. Nothing's a little bit scattered. And that's the hardest thing to accomplish in 7-on-7. Seven seven. But, again, it's accomplished year in and year out here at Endzone. And it's why I really appreciate these guys not only supporting me but supporting everyone else that comes here because, again, it leads to one of the best events in the calendar year. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for that. And also let me thank Gordon. <laughs> let me thank Gordon and Clay Mack for having us, the Break Room Podcast here, uh, for the second year in a row. So uh, we're just going to try to re-up on that again next year, man, and keep it going. So uh, thank you, Colin, Mr. Kennedy, <laughs> for having spent some time with us, man, all the insight, man. I know uh, a lot of this is going to really appreciate the information, all the information you give, gave as well. So thanks for being with us, man. And um, is there anything closing thing you want to say? No, man, check out 247sports.com. You can find me on Twitter at ckennedy247. My email is on there. If you have any questions or anything about that, anything from 
the rankings process to the transfer portal to even just 24-7 sports in general. Hit me up there, and, and as always, you can find me right here at Endzone every single year. All right, man. He told you where to find him, where to find us. The Breakroom HOU on Twitter, the Breakroom. Uh, the Breakroom. Podcast on Instagram, and the Breakroom Podcast One on Facebook, man. So follow us, follow uh, Colin, and we'll see you next time, man. Y'all take it easy.